Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome to a very, very special episode of Confessional Jimmy. You're yes. not going to believe what we're doing this week. I hardly already do. We we are jumping off the script, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we, you never know what's going to happen around here. We are doing our second edition of How They Should Have Made It. I love these ones, dude. Do you? Might I say. Might well, I, I say. appreciate that. I think it's one of you, your better childs. You got into the last one, even though you're not a huge horror guy. Yes, because it opens up the gate for people that don't understand all the fan fiction. Like, I'm not a huge horror geek. Right, right. But I appreciate telling people to do stuff better. And so it puts me <laughs> in Any a... chance for me to be condescending. <laughs> yes, yes. That I am a fan of. Yeah. I'm and a I geek think a lot of people... for elitism. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. So I Absolutely. think it's Absolutely. Well, you know, the art of storytelling. That's yeah. all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you try to... And quite frankly, a lot of these movies have not been very good. Yeah. And they have been disrespectful to the fans. Yeah, if there's any genre that uh, could use critiquing, I think horror... Comedy is, is not as much, because comedy is just like, if the That's jokes suck, right. it's like, yeah. you know, maybe just the whole premise from a, from the start was just a bad idea. Right. But horror movies, you can really kind of dig sure. in and you just get in there and you take can... different directions. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of taking different directions, Jimmy, mm-hmm. our guest today is uh, a, a very talented gentleman. Traffic Garden. Taking oh, directions, sorry. taking directions. I said traffic. Look, guard. Th- my new thing is going to be every week I do like a segue from something you said into uh-huh. introducing the guests. I just decided that right now. Okay. Whether it makes sense or not. <laughs> okay. Great. That's great, called, great. Uh, what's that called? An improv, like justifying or. Yeah. Are they yes and? Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Kind okay. Of. Uh, but uh, speaking of kind of, we have a very <laughs> kind gentleman. He is from uh, the Red River podcast, Jimmy. That's okay. uh, it, they they do they talk movies they talk horror they talk music they have musicians on. Uh, he actually found the confessional because he's such a big fan of MC Search. Oh, cool! And okay, um, uh, and they uh, they've had a bunch of crazy guests. He's going to tell you some big ones. Will you please welcome to the confessional, Sam Hoyas? Hey, hi, what's Sam. Up, Mike, thanks for having me. Uh, Jimmy, that was uh, very funny. Are you a comic book guy, Jimmy? Like, do you like comic book movies? Um, uh, comic book movies. I appreciate the Spider-Man films. I liked the Batman films. I'm not a super big comic book guy, though. Ah, uh, good. Neither am I. I think they're they're unbelievably awful. Oh. I was I didn't know if that's like because I know you're not a horror guy. So like, yeah, sometimes a flip switch to that. Is uh, people that like comic book movies that I think look like fucking video games. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank God. I'm glad. I'm glad we both. Do you guys really not... hate comic book movies? I'm not hate him. I mean, I, he was I... he was trying to decide if he liked me or not based off that question. I'm kind <laughs> of like that's indifferent. what he asks everyone apparently, just to like kick it off to see if all right. There's no way this is gonna work. Eh? Yeah, I mean, just, your first question on OkCupid. Okay Cupid. <laughs> I, I just I can't see him, so I don't know if he's like rubbing his like penis on my head somewhere or through this like thing. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but I guess um, I could tilt well, the no, camera I, towards myself. I guess that wouldn't hurt. Um, but Sam, tell us about uh, your your podcast, buddy. 
Uh, okay, yeah. So Red River Podcast. Uh, granted, it's probably one of the dumbest names ever. No, I love uh, it. We took that. We, so we're not a horror. It's podcast, like it, it feels like a, uh, a pioneer podcast or something. We <laughs> yeah. discuss yeah, yeah, different we, ways to whittle wood, like a Lewis and Clark. Themed. Right, right. Yeah, how to make a home out of pine cones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're we we're very big with the uh you know the uh the 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 fucking uh I don't even remember the the name of the word but so Red River podcast was taken from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two oh uh, which is a a canon film and in the movie there's a radio station and you know she's like oh Red River rocks stretch and we just thought it was the most random stupid name to pick that most people <laughs> wouldn't really think much right. of. Right. Um, so we went with that and, and in retrospect through the years, you know, um, some people have been like, that's a terrible name. Uh, <laughs> people will never listen to something called red river podcast. So, uh, if I could change it now, if I could change it now, All I right. would. So uh, you're really selling this so far. Tell us more. Sarah. I mean, oh, it's yeah, not yeah. like that. Bad of a no, name. I like it. I, I genuinely like it. I like, it's not like you named names. it Chumbawamba or something. He's like red river podcast. Like that's fine. The limp biscuit lovers podcast. No, it, yeah. that's, I like a little mystery in a name. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I think it's great. I genuinely, like it it's and, different and what does ever and what does everyone do anyway like what even like joe rogan if i look at his guests i'm gonna be like okay i'm gonna read what the the episode at least is somewhat about and then i'm gonna decide whether or not to pick from there that's what you know when i saw mc search was doing your podcast i'm thinking like okay i'm a huge hip-hop fan and i want to listen to this and then from there like i go down and i sure. see that you did halloween so everyone just kind of reads the episodes anyway and i i think a name is as important as like a band like jimmy Eat world it's like worst name ever great band yeah right. jimmy world's right. not a great band name yeah really. yeah i mean i feel i feel i i personally as far as like bands i kind of prefer the name to actually be meaningful in some way i have to admit like I, I'm, I'm like a music geek in the sense that I want the whole package. Like I want the art to, to you need a I want cool the cover name. of the album. You know, I yeah. want a cool name. You know, I, I want everything to uh, cool name or meaningful. I, I think you can have a cool name, right? Like Nirvana, I think is a cool name, right? Like it's right. a cool name. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of it's like a little ironic. Like it's like kind of yeah. a Jimmy Eats World kind of thing, mm -hmm. but it's also works. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like this kind of punk rock, you know, like Euphoria type yeah. of. Motley Crue's a good band name. ACDC, <laughs> yeah. they're good band yeah. names. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> Well, I, I have a band. My band's called Playing Dead. And and nice. being a horror fan, I thought in my head, like, okay, we're like playing dead. It's like a zombie reference. Right. But as time went on, people, um, I guess, thought we were a, a Grateful Dead tribute band, which really like hurts my inner being. <laughs> or like sure. um, a possum rock. No, we were like a great. Yeah. Oh, I don't. You know, I don't like Possum Rock. No, thank you. Uh, I listen to but, anything uh, yeah. but country and Possum Rock. <laughs> but we do. So the podcast is is music, movies, pop culture, um, and recently, you know, we we invite people on. You know, uh, you know, just random like people that meant a lot to me, like Steve sure. DeJarnad, who who directed Miracle Mile, who's a movie. Yeah, that's a movie most people don't remember. Brian Usna, who did The Dentist and Society. Um, and then our friends that are in bands from like Taken Back Sunday to like, you know, uh, you know, uh, death metal bands like Suffocation. All right. Know? So All that's right. so that's what we do. And so what kind of music is playing dead? 
Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm a huge like Sam I am and Super Chunk fan. So um, probably in that vein, face to face, you know, that side of the world where it's like uh, we're not punk enough to be punk and we're not like uh, indie rock enough to be indie. All right. All right. Do you uh, and you play guitar? Uh, yeah, I play guitar and I sing. Um, uh, the, you know, I guess, yeah, the songwriter. Uh, and uh, that's it, man. All right. Well, before we move on, just tell us real quick some of the other guests you've had on uh, on Red River Podcast and where people can find it. Oh, okay. Um, you know, a- anywhere you listen to podcasts, you know, like whether it's Spotify or Google Podcasts, um, you know, you know, wherever, just Google. <laughs> uh, as far as like uh, the guest, so. Like we just did a Van Halen episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that. I like to do specialty episodes, kind of like what you do. So it's like you have certain types of things that you do. Um, so it's like one minute, you know, we'll talk about our favorite Van Halen songs, and we'll invite people on. Um, you know, I'm gonna do an MF Doom tribute, um, and then from there, you know, it's it's anyone like on deck. Let's say I have. Um, Sam Furstenberg, who directed American Ninja hmm. and uh, Ninja Three: The Domination, you know, wild movies <laughs> Got a real like that. Range. Um, uh, the, yeah, the director of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Tommy McLaughlin. Uh, oh, but six. also, I have, yeah, yeah. But also, I have um, the singer of one of my favorite band, The Limousines. So hmm. I guess it's just things that mean something to me or sure. the guys yeah and we try to make it happen and if mm-hmm. people listen cool and if not it's like hey whatever yeah yeah that's kind of how we are here you know just uh whoever we feel like talking to we just ask now uh let's get to our uh our topic of the week sam we are doing the uh 2009 reboot uh remake some people have called it of friday the 13th Came out in the the era of like the Michael Bay horror remake era, right? We got we got a we pretty much every slasher was remade in the OOS, right? The big four. They kind of started all over again, you know. Yep. Um, now yeah, how the big four? Now Friday the Thirteenth. Do you see this two thousand nine one as a reboot or like another sequel? Oh, this is a reboot, but. It's one of those movies that uh, that takes like uh, just like the 2018 Halloween, like they they took parts of of all the Halloweens. Right. Um, I say I say this one took the first four Jason movies and made a movie out of them completely. <laughs> yeah, I would for agree. Better or for worse. I would agree. I think like so many of these slasher films, they copy, they they recreate the wrong things. Though you know what I mean. Like the for me, what made the first few Friday the Thirteenth scary or great wasn't um, you know how Jason's mask looked or uh, you know what his uh, what kind of machete he you know like it's uh, it, it was the atmosphere and the and the kind of pacing and everything of those original ones that I liked so much and I feel like they really failed to capture that in the new one. Now, do you feel it's because we were younger and attached some sort of like um, uh, feeling towards it? Um, because I remember, so I like I remember watching ho- uh, Friday the Thirteenth and being super young, you know, back in the mom and pop video sh- shop days, and you just attach this this fear to it because oh, yeah. you watched it as a kid. But 
years later, I went to go see Black Christmas for the first time in Brooklyn at, at Nighthawk Cinema. And I was like probably, you know, in my early 30s and I watched it and I was like, wow, this movie is very boring. Really? <laughs> but if I watch. Yeah. But if I watched, I feel like if I watched, you know, uh, Halloween 78 in my mid 30s, maybe I might feel the same way. I don't know, because I don't have that that um, that youthful. Right. You know, sure. That super young sure. kid. Yeah. And nothing's really even scary anymore. You know, like for me, it's more like if it's unsettling, but nothing's going to like freak me out the way it did when I was a kid. No. Um, yeah. But I mean, de uh, like death. Death, death and cancer and unemployment. Those are the three things. That's it. Right, right. Yeah, that we have too many anxieties now that don't involve uh, masked killers um, or giant worms. Um, now let's uh, let's jump into a <laughs> confession here, Sam. This is how uh, uh, Rendell Rendell Lipkin from Flint Township, Michigan, thinks they should have done the 2009 Friday the 13th. Uh, one. Effort put into building up actual personalities for the characters so you can actually feel something for them when the mayhem starts. Two, Harry Mephrodini's music. Three, first 45 minutes of the movie focuses on Pamela Voorhees and adds more uh, actual context and backstory to the F-13 lore. Now, I think I pretty much agree with all those things. Um, I will say... When they did do the reboot of Friday, I thought to myself, this is definitely a franchise. If any of these franchises need a reboot, it's Friday. Because the continuity in it is just so all over the place. The, the timeline makes zero sense. I mean, really starting from part two, the whole series made no sense. Like, they had to retcon it and be like, that whole, the whole mythology from the last movie it, it was... We're adding, oh, and also he might still, he may, he maybe never drowned and is out in the woods. You know, like they just, what do you think about, what do you think about changing the lore or, or like, you know, creating a, uh, a solid kind of lore? I like, I like what the, I like what the, the his, his confessional for okay. sure. Um, especially like the, the building of, of the characters. To me, the very, you know, the one positive I will say about this movie is uh the first 20 minutes like the first like group of kids like that whole scene worked i thought the dialogue was way better there than mm -hmm. it was later on mm -hmm. like somehow these characters and it might have been might have been the casting i don't know maybe they seemed like they were actual friends um and 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 the um yeah, the first 15, 20 minutes of this like when he like snags them all up and and like it's just it's brutal and very much not like a Friday the 13th movie because those movies take forever to fucking kind of kick off. Right. This was like immediate. And there's something kind of scary about the fact that you those other movies, you, you're running away from him. And when he kills this first like crew of kids, like it's almost like there is no running from him because he's so fast and strong. Mm -hmm. Um which you know, I I don't really like that 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 you know like the the bulky hulky Jason, right? Uh, but yeah, like the the if they kept that like the detail in the first twenty minutes for the rest of the movie, I think it would have been a lot better. Um, All right, well, so if and the, you... the the score, uh huh, you like the score in it? No, no, I like I oh, like okay. what 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 the last guy said. It's just that score is so important. Absolutely. 
for the movie. Yes, yes. Um, so if you were in charge of making this 2009 version of Friday the 13th, Sam, what, what, would, your, what would your plot outline entail? They heard your podcast. They said, we need, even though podcasts don't really exist yet, they said, we need this guy <laughs> to direct this and write it. What do you have for us? All right, so I would keep the intro the same. All right, I thought including the, intro, including like I said, the really Pamela Voorhees part, the, the, the new Pamela Voorhees beheading. <sighs> so that that's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like, it just seemed like, it seemed like an afterthought. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the credits come up and you, yeah, I, I, I didn't really care for that. Yeah, they had like a you. double intro. <laughs> like it had that and then it had the, the that scene you were just cr- talking about, like. He just front-loaded everything. Yeah, they're trying to, like, get everyone up to speed, but everyone already knows this stuff. Everyone knows, like, what they're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, I think I think just the scene in the beginning where he's telling the story, that's enough. Like, right. you didn't really need that other part. You know, okay. that part is cool. I like the campfire stuff. Here's another thing that I would really change. I would change, I would make it the 80s again. Okay, good idea. I I feel like that way, what you're trying to appeal to, for the most part, of the people that already watched it or have some sort of attachment sure. to it, um, there's something about modernizing the movie that kind of loses it for me and I think for a lot of other people. And most importantly, I think the cinematographer on this movie was fucking... I, I don't know what was going on. It was just... It looks like a, it looks like a Platinum Dunes movie. It it's does. It's just not... Like, it just... It doesn't... It's too shiny, shiny and clean and bright, you know? I I thought with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they kind of got that right in the the remake, where it was like, it had that vibrant feel, but it was still, like, greasy and dirty within that, you know? But in this one, it just felt too polished. And and I think it's the same director, actually. I think it is. Um, Yeah, so, but, like, that felt greasy. It did. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it felt, like, really sweaty and greasy, and that worked for that vibe, because... That's what everyone remembers about the first one. So mm-hmm. I think people attack like that's why that out of the the four the big four um, remakes that might have been the best one, the most effective one. Right, um, right. I think so. so. But it, yeah, so then I I would change uh, you know make it eighties again to get that vibe. Uh, the cinematography needs to be just a little bit like more on par with the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cast, I think the casting is so important because these guys and girls all look like they belong to like a, a modeling agency yeah. like they all look like they came out of a magazine and to right. me that you there's no you don't feel like when you watch days and confused like you know you're seeing these people and some of them are looking and some of them aren't yeah but that's yeah. life yeah i mean the part of the appeal of the early ones was it it had like almost a documentary type of feel you know like the, the people looked like regular kids and it wasn't like this this shined up, you know, like everybody wasn't beautiful. It didn't seem like like the, part of the appeal of the old ones, too, is like you really felt like you're in the middle of nowhere. And in this one, it, it felt like you're on a movie set the whole time. And and you know what? That takes away from from what you're trying to do. But I mean, that's the vibe that that company goes for. So sure. I mean, that's what you know, you right, get what you right <laughs> now. <laughs> it, OK, uh, in the Sam so, Hoyos Hoyos version of uh, Friday the 13th, 2009. Does, is yours a total reboot, or does it take place in the same universe as the others? 
Yeah, I, I, I think it would just, you know, if, if you're going to do it, you know, just reboot it in that because it, it's when you when you think of what uh, what people want, obviously people want Jason. Sure. You're not going to get the mother twist again. Right. The mother twist was great for the first time, but we already know that you can't like redo that. It wouldn't yeah. make sense. So, yeah, you, you, you got to keep it in that universe because that's that's you know, if you're going to remake this. Uh, which I don't even think it needed a remake. Uh-huh. Uh, I know you said it did. It needed a why, reboot. Why did- I don't know about a remake because, like, I think even the the makers of this one actually consider it to be like part of the series in there. Like they, uh, they, I think it was marketed as like a, a an overhaul. But according to them, they think of it as just like another movie in the series. And the thing is, like, there's there's so little continuity between the other movies anyway that I feel like it's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, there's so many things that don't make sense and don't match up. But if it were up to me, it would have been more of a reboot, uh, kind of like the Halloween one, but not not completely wiping away the other movies, but just kind of keeping it as like a vague backstory, you know, so you can kind of just whatever parts you want to believe happened, happened. So why, why do you say, because to me, like the first four Friday the 13th movies seem like a very cohesive uh, story. Uh, you know, obviously the day is ridiculous because it's not going to be Friday the 13th. <laughs> right. But why do you why do you think the continuity w- was off on? Well, that? I mean, yeah, the first four do kind of feel like they're in in the same world, except for that massive retcon in part two. Um, but yeah, yeah, those ones mostly do. But by the time you get to like six, I mean that that may as well have been a, a total reboot. You know, there's no connection with the other ones. Oh. And, and from there yeah, on yeah, out, yeah, every right. every one was pretty much a reboot. Like barely, they barely would reference the one before, you know. Other than like, okay, Jason was chained to the bottom of the lake, the last one, so that's where he is now. But in yeah, later yeah, yeah. on, they didn't even bother doing that. They would just have Jason show up with no explanation. I mean, you're right. It's just such you're, a you're, messy you're, lore that it's like I need you to, I need to like wipe it away. And and just kind of just kind of say some horrible stuff happened at this old camp, and and that's why Jason's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I'm I was looking at it from the, from the eyes of the first four. The first four seemed like this this um like if it actually was the final chapter, it would have been like man, this might be the best slasher series. Yeah, yeah. Out of all of them, um, because even like Halloween had you know their missteps along the sure. way. Uh, but yeah, like it's. I, I think the first four really work well. Uh, you know, he gets his mask in the third. So that's why I appreciate them trying to like smash those four movies into this one. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if the people involved even cared about this this series. You I know? mean, like, it I, just doesn't feel. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of disrespect for the fans throughout this whole series, you know, and, and through slasher sequels in general. Um, I think now with the whole nostalgia wave and reboot craze, they're finally doing, you know, kind of answering the fans' demands. Um, you know, like with, uh, I think they attempted to with Star Wars and, uh, you know, with the, the new Halloween, they seem to try to. Um, I think if it was made now, I think it would it would probably be more fan savvy. But back then it was like, oh, this is just a, a new, you know, this is for the next generation of horror fans. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because that that that's what it is. It's like you're trying to give that next generation like their Friday the Thirteenth. 
right you know right. like th- this this is for you guys to 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 embrace like they we did in the 80s yeah uh yeah. and it just you know but yeah it, to me it, there was no love to it it's like okay let's get these kids and then we're gonna get them to say stupid shit like everyone in this movie like they didn't have like they're all kind of like just awful uh-huh. like i don't uh-huh. like, like yeah the, yeah they're like, unlikable in, in the very beginning the, the the dude Clay is looking for his sister in this like, you know, uh store and like the the dialogue with the guy Trent is like being a dick to him. I'm thinking like on what planet would someone <laughs> right. be a dick to someone who's looking for their sister? It's like, "Hey bro, we got a problem." It's like, "What the fuck?" Like this is the worst. <laughs> that I was don't like know, that, man. Was, that I feel was like I did kind of know people like that in high school. <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, kids can <laughs> yeah, be pretty nasty. Um, it, but it, but it, it, it just there was no wit to the dialogue. Mm. Um, there, it was just like let's just implant this here. Uh, so I, I didn't like that. I would get rid of that whole cast. And then what I would do if I really was going to remake the movie, which I think would be, make it super cool, is get a lot of the old cast, like maybe the sure. four or five of the most recognizable people that are still around. Larry Zerner. Let Zerner's. them be Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah, let them be Easter eggs in this movie. You, you know? know what like, I think? If, if they do do a reboot thing, I want Larry Zerner back as Shelly in continuity because we didn't really see him die. He could have perhaps survived that throat slash. It might, it might have been a prank. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's it might have been too. a prank. It might yeah. might have might have been a prank. It Maybe the been whole like, movie you know was what? a prank. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, which would bring us to April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's read another one here. This is from uh, Michael McKnight, New Orleans, Louisiana. I would have remade it uh, to be to be the real part six, where or I'm sorry, part eight, where Chris being in a halfway house for the insane Tommy living as a loner, and Trish in New York trying to find herself again. Chris reaches out to Tommy and tells her she thinks Jason's alive. Tommy goes and checks the water, and he isn't there. All these people on a boat come up missing, and Tommy checks Trish's family's old cabin and sees that it's been trashed and that Jason may be on his way to her. Tommy steals Chris from the facility and goes to rescue Trish in a final confrontation with those three. Now that, my friend, is a fan's plot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he, I like that. I like that he used, he used like the later ones for sure. Right. And, and those right. characters, you know, like the Tom Matthews character, you know, uh, you know, I guess Tommy had his three episodes. Sure. He had five, uh, four, four five, five, five six. six. Uh, I like that, that he was like the most probably memorable and compelling final girl character. Absolutely. Movie, Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't bring them back for later ones. I mean, especially when they were totally fine with recasting them all the time, you know? Like, why not have them show up in part eight or whatever? Now... Yeah, I, I just... What, I was just going to say, like, that guy that guy in particular, you know, like, he... Um, like, they should have brought him back. Like, he he been, like, at least one more. Because sure. at that point, they bring, you know, part seven, they they make that girl, like, Carrie, Carrie versus Jason. Right. And uh, it's, uh, man, so silly, but I uh, I still watch it. Yeah, I, I still like part seven. Um, it's pretty boring. The characters are pretty awful, but uh, some of the kills are cool. Jason looks cool. And uh, once they get to the final act of, of just smashing shit all over Jason, I enjoy it. 
because it's something that you've never seen. Have you ever seen the um, edited uh, kills on YouTube? I like think I have. Um, I so, think so. I think they were on like one of the box yeah. sets years ago too. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Those, now those were great. So. If in your version, Sam, it it seems to me these these movies the past kind of part four break off less into like horror territory and more into like fun monster movie type of splatter fest territory. They're campier. They're funnier. They're not really like paced to be spooky. Uh, they don't really care about atmosphere all that much. Um, which, which would you go with if you, if you had to choose, would you do the, the more, uh, kind of fun campy route or would, would you go for the dark, serious, grim horror of the early ones? Wow. Okay. So interesting question <laughs> for sure. And I would go with dark and sinister, Okay, but I do appreciate part six. I think part six is the best one okay. out of the whole series. Wow. Because it felt it, it was the first time that it was like zombie Jason. Right. Um, but the director did such a good job with um, it felt like a like a monster movie. Right. Like right. completely. It's Absolutely. like, OK, they lightning breaks back a monster. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're like just we're just town. totally we're just going for it at this point. Like, let's just make this absurd. Yeah. And, and just. Oh, lightning. Know. Perfect. Right. <laughs> I always think, like, but, what, what is but, the... Fr- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, like, it's... So he just happens to get struck by lightning that has, like, nothing to do with... Like, nothing calls to that. It could have been anybody, and it would revive him, you know? And then he just happens to be revived two more times in the next movie. Like, there's no force that seems to be making this happen. He just coincidentally seems to be not only the first human to have been revived from the dead, but... Three times in a row. <laughs> well, it's it's people sitting in a room going like, "How the fuck right, do we right. make?" And I'll tell movie? you, I actually <laughs> kind of appreciate that in those in those campy ones. Like as a kid, that became part of the fun. Like you know, how are they going to bring them back this time? How are they going to kill them off this time? And uh, you know, even though they're totally contrived, but once it got to the fun campy versions, I was okay with, with that. Like the like the of course the horrible uh, Halloween Resurrection ending, or I'm sorry, H two O ending. Or, uh, no, the resurrection retcon of the H2O ending, where uh, oh. he, which is horrible. But if that had been in like Friday the 13th, part seven or something, I would have been totally cool with it. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point for sure. I, <laughs> I, I just had to grab my chest because I think Resurrection is arguably the worst horror movie that was ever made. Um, so it's funny that you say that. Um, yeah, it, you're right. If if it was a Friday the 13th movie, you're like, oh, yeah, this is just what happens. Because, I mean, they blew him up and Jason goes to hell. Yeah, and I thought that was a and fun then, take and- on that. They were kind of saying, like, okay, what happens if we blow him up? How's he going to survive that? You know, and he still did somehow. Because that's that's what that's what everyone wanted. And, and you know, that's who, you know, with our mutual, uh, you know, guy here, Mike Vanderbilt, like me and him love um, Jason goes to hell. I am. I like Jason it. goes to hell. I'm a Jason goes to hell apologist. I thought uh, number eight was one of the worst ever. Mm-hmm. I thought eight and ten were terrible. But Jason goes to hell. They tried something different. Right. Um, he he was uh, going from body to body, which I love, like the first power or the hidden. Those are two movies where, like, you know, the killer goat jumps from body to body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciated that because, like, after a while, you, you're like, OK, now what? 
Right. Like, right. Right. How, how you know? All right, we're going to space now. You know. Yeah, so it's yeah. just. Well, let me ask you this on that subject. Um, so they kind of tried to establish a lore in that one that he was actually some sort of demon, apparently implied by. Uh, the, being resurrected by the the Book of the Dead from the Evil Dead, which base, basically Part Nine was saying Jason's a deadite, right? Now, yes, yes. In, in your in your world, in your movie, what is Jason's lore? Like, what's his backstory? Because they never really settle on one. They have kind of several different ones. So I I love that what you mentioned. I think the director's name is Adam Marcus, and when yeah. he said that you know Jason was like a deadite, I was like you you. You clever bastard! Yeah, you got me, you devil! Yeah, you. yeah. So that's that's a guy you should have on for sure. You know, I actually um, was going to have him on my last podcast, my old podcast, but it fell through for some reason. I think I remember emailing him. I think his, I think he actually yeah. has a relative in Baltimore. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that would that would be fun. Um, but yeah, so my lore would just be, you know, I I always go back to like what. What was important to me about those first four movies, and uh, nothing is more iconic. I, I don't want to say iconic, but like it just started the whole like, hey, um, you guys are having sex and ignoring this kid. You know what I'm saying? So right. like, just that whole the drowning part just makes sense to me. It's like, okay, your mom sends you to camp, and all these like horny teenagers are ignoring you, and you drown. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. They knocked it out of the park with that because it's so it's just easy, but also like you get it. Like if you're Pamela Voorhees or or like, you know, you, you just look at it and you're like, yeah, I would be completely fucking angry. Like sure. this is what happened. Like I send my kid there and my kid drowns because you're not paying attention to him. You so did I, what? I want to see that scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were, you know, we were making out. I didn't know. I had my headphones on. Uh, you know, I didn't really hear anyone drowning. My bad. Um, so I like that lore. So I would have kept that lore myself. Uh, but here's the thing is even within that lore, we, I mean, in, in the first few, it implies that he didn't actually drown, right? Like in part two... Uh... Like in part two, I'm pretty sure they're saying that that thing at the end was just a dream that was kind of a foreshadowing the Jason jumping out of the water. And Jason yeah. is and we're adding to this mythology and saying, uh, oh, by the way, Jason might have never drowned and, and lives in the woods. Is that not what you got from it? I didn't get that, but that's interesting. You blow my mind right now. <laughs> Dude, that's I'm pretty sure I, for a long time I always assumed he came out of the water at the end of the first one and then somehow he grew yeah. up and that and that happened. Uh from what I've read though, that was not the intention. Like it was just supposed to be like he was just a, he's a regular guy in the first four. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, regular guy. I mean, obviously he seemed to be deformed in some way. Right. Uh but yeah, like I, I would keep them very human. I would keep them um, obviously with whatever. Uh, I think they said he was like a mongoloid or some shit like that. I don't well, remember yeah. exactly. I don't know if that's still a term that that we oh. use. For that, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had, he had right. some. He had facial differences. He had facial differences. Yeah. Um, feel free to cancel Red River. No problem. <laughs> um, well, yeah, he, like uh, I would keep it like that. There's something like there's something always going to be more terrifying about human. But um, but I'm confused. So he did drown or he didn't? He rose from the dead I, after that? I, I, I thought he did drown. But I'm asking um, you for your version. Oh, my version? Yeah, I guess like, yeah, I guess in, in some way, 
You so know, then he's I, not I just a regular I, human. He's a human who rose from the dead. That's an interesting point. You know what? You're, you're, you're definitely right. But yeah, I guess I'm so used to watching the movies like that, that in my head, that's the lore that I wanted to keep. And but I guess he would be kind of superhuman if he came back from the dead. But you know what? He came back from the dead just this once. Okay. Not twice, because two would be ridiculous. Right. Just this yeah. Once. Yeah. Let's or not make... get silly here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Just this is just the this slasher once. film genre we're talking about. We don't do stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. All right. You you stumped me. All right. So in your version, the lore is the the part one happened the way it is, right? Yes. And then, and then, so where are we picking up? Are we picking up, uh, are we we just wiping the slate completely clean, or does this take place, like, after part four or before? Oh, so, yeah, no, like, I I would take it, like, right from one. Okay. Uh, Definitely, like, like I said, I I would keep it in in that that, that time frame. So it's like, like I'm sorry, so it's like the new Halloween, where it's like a new part two? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Which which I appreciate it. And like I said, I would keep that 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 intro as well from from uh, two thousand nine because I do actually like I do like the 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 fact that this guy's looking for a sister in this two thousand nine version. Me too. Um, I don't like the kidnapping aspect. No. I I think that's just. I mean. Well, see, I I have a theory, Sam. I have a theory that. The reason why there's always a final girl is because he doesn't want to kill one of them. His whole goal is to isolate the one that reminds him of his mother and kill everybody else, and that's why one always survives. I, you know what? I never thought of it like that, and that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good yeah. I mean that's. You've thought about this. Before, I have. And, uh, I have. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, to an embarrassing amount. Uh, speaking of which, my lore, my version, I feel like would need to get a little bit more into the uh, puritanical religious themes of these movies. You know what I mean? There's all these like kind of, uh, you know, like Friday the 13th itself is like kind of a uh, a Christian thing. I think like uh, you know Jesus was executed on a Friday, and thirteen was like the evil number because twelve was like the holy number. And uh, I've always kind of gotten the sense with Friday the Thirteenth that there's kind of a Garden of Eden type of thing going on. You know, like man is not allowed in this area because they're so sinful. And uh, and Jason's kind of like the sword, like the uh, you know he protects the Garden of Eden. It, which which it wouldn't literally be like that, but like in his head, like maybe his mom raises him religiously to kind of think like that. Wow, religious fanatic, and okay, yeah, I like I like what I like where I might watch your movie over mine. To be honest with you, <laughs> it'll probably <laughs> suck. Don't worry, I'll screw it up in some way. I guarantee you. Uh, okay, we have Johnny Sanchez from Birmingham, Birmingham, UK. All right. Uh, considering in part one, Jason's mom is killed and Jason doesn't show up until part two. If you're going to reboot, it would be a good opportunity to have them on screen together. I'm thinking the first act, we establish the relationship between Jason and his mom. Second act is Jason is presumed dead and we see his mom's descent into madness. And in the third act, we see child Jason and his mom team up to get revenge together. Either that or Jason is truly dead and just uh, mentally appears 
in his mom to his mom saying kill her mommy as she becomes more psychotic and unable to deal with her loss. Jason's mom. Do you what, what are you doing with Jason's mom in your movie? I first of all, these are all great. You know, like I I, I wrestled with with a couple with a couple of these like left field turns because um I remember watching uh you know the ho- yeah the the Rob Zombie <laughs> reboot and I was thinking to myself like I don't care. Like, I don't want to see his mom. I don't want to see Jason as a kid, you know, with crayons. I'm Jason, uh, Michael. Um, so like that part of it, like I appreciate like the creative part where people are taking it. Right. Uh, but so when I thought of what to do with what I like, I, I think I was just, you know, me personally, I would never have remade Friday the 13th. <laughs> so I struggled with it because I'm thinking like it's such a perfect slasher movie that it just, you know, like you said, a reboot might might, might have been in order. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I just yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. I, I love I love the, the 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 mental aspect of it, almost like a Baba Duke. Uh, uh-huh. Man, there's a, there's a lot of great turns. But to me, like I, I would have just kept it the same because it's it's right, like, uh, right. you know, uh, mom's son dies. Right. She's. She gets angry, and uh, I I don't know. Maybe I just uh, wanted uh, my meat and potatoes Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. But Keep it simple. Huge props to everyone coming up with these great ideas. I know. We got some great responses. Um, what was I going to say? Well, the, the weird thing about the 2009 one is, like, unlike every other slasher movie remake, you can't really just remake the first Friday the 13th because Friday the 13th wasn't Friday the 13th until part three, which is really strange. Like, I mean, it was, but it, it, as far as the mass public goes, it, it, part one and two would be unrecognizable to them as far as associating it with Jason and the hockey mask and and the yeah. franchise. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, there is no way they could just make like a remake of part one. You know? No. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's just that was such a great twist. You know, mm-hmm. like when you think of of, of early twists. You know, sleepaway camp. You think of obviously, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and then you think of like, holy shit! It's like the mom the first time, yeah. So like that stuff is out. You couldn't really redo that, right? Um, which is why I think they probably made that almost like an afterthought in this remake here. Uh huh. Um, you know, but yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I I I, <laughs> I would have just kept it, Jason. I I'm a, a big fan of atmosphere and uh, build up. You know, yeah, so me too. Me too. Slow pace. I, yeah, like a slow pace. As long as there's a payoff. Sure. So that's the sure. approach I would. And, I and you have t- to make your care, which is so hard for these slasher movies, is to make the characters interesting enough. Like most of these movies, when you're getting to know the characters, it's like, come on, let's just keep it moving. But if you can make your characters interesting, like they were in Halloween, and in my opinion, in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw Massacres where you actually want to hang out with the characters and you're not just getting through the boring exposition to set up the kills. Uh, I think that helps, which is why I wish more of these movies, maybe even this, my version of this one, like the the group of kids were like more kind of Monster Squad-esque, you know what I mean? Like more of like horror nerds themselves and who are like talking about the le- the urban legends and and all that kind of stuff. That's part of why Halloween worked better cuz like the the slower parts at the beginning had a lot of urban legendy type of stuff going on, you know. There's like cool stuff to talk about. Whereas, you know, yeah. like go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was going to say I I like I like that part. So like I I even had 
you know, um, as like an idea, but I, I went with like the more straightforward. <laughs> it was just like, you know, that they went, I know that on Halloweenies, they, they talked about the, the weed aspect. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like that would have been cool. Like, let's say they are kind of like a monster squad type thing, but like <laughs> they went there specifically because they owed someone money and they needed to find this treasure. And then they were going to grab this treasure and then from there, they just needed a, a way to get all this weed out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. pay pay off this debt. And then somehow the Fratellis type people come and they look for them and like Jason yeah. kills them. Instead that could of, be cool. Yeah, know, it would be like interesting this. to have something else kind of going on in these movies. And then the horror comes in, you know, instead of just like we're just kids going camping, you know, like have a plot but, that coinc- that like clashes with the horror part. For sure. And that's that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, is 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 a a purist of this genre. Um, Some people, you know, would appreciate that. But like other people will be like, this isn't Friday the 13th. I'm not watching this. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, um, as far as like atmosphere and stuff like that, I feel like one thing that they rarely capitalized on in the Friday the 13th movies is the sneaking back into the old murder camp where all this horrible stuff happened and everything's dilapidated and there's all sorts of creepy stuff to find. In my version, it would be like the the camp is closed off. There's gates everywhere. Uh, like old old rusty gates, though. You know, not like some high tech crap because that's always lame in horror movies. But just like you know, bunch of old rusty, no trespassing signs. And uh, the townspeople are, are like weirdos who are like, seriously, don't go in there. But if you do go in there, we're not coming to get you. And, um, you know, it'd be like a sneaking into this place you're not supposed to go and maybe even like recreate the actual camp from the first movie. But now all dilapidated and torn apart. And, uh, you know, and then and then the, the horror ensues from there. Yeah. Nah, that sounds great. I love that. And like you said, the the whole monster squad aspect of it is is always like you love stuff like that. And and you know, you could see from the resurgence that I feel Monster Squad has had. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people bring it up more now. Uh, maybe because of Stranger Things, they 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 see that connection to it. Um, a movie like Psycho Goreman has like a, a Monster Squad uh, attachment to it just recently. Um, but yeah, I, I like that, and 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 I think that would have been a really good way to take it. You know, it's just yeah, horror is such a weird thing, you know, because like the fans are just so brutal mm-hmm. when they don't get what they want. And uh, to me, I'll watch like the next Friday the Thirteenth movie could come out tomorrow, and I'll be sitting there in the movie theater, absolutely, knowing that, absolutely, no, no, knowing that for the most part, it's probably going to be terrible. But as a, as someone who grew up watching this stuff my whole life, like I know that I have to watch ten horrible movies yeah. to get that one that I could tell right. everyone about. Yeah, and even if it is horrible, it's still interesting to me. You know, it's still interesting to see how they do it. You know, what what they're going to do to justify the the villain coming back, um, all that stuff is uh, I don't know. It's just I I get into these movies even when they're bad for some reason. You know, it's just like the whole phenomenon of it. I what what do you, what do you think is the worst Friday the Thirteenth one? Like, is there one that you just didn't enjoy? Um, there are ones that I f- want to hit the fast forward button in, but there's none that I I don't enjoy at all. I mean, I thought Jason X was, 
you know, pretty dumb, but not. I wouldn't say that's the worst. I think I think it's better than eight and five for sure, and probably seven. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> are you? Are is your blood boiling uh, right now, Sam? I I just think uh, I, I would have picked. I remember going to see Ten in the movie theater, two thousand two, and being like, okay, it's the first uh, one I saw Jay- in the theater. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah. Jason goes to space. I'm like weird. All right, whatever. And then I go, and I it, it was one of those movies. It was like when I watched Phantom Menace. My my excitement was like was at the top of the mountain, sure. and with every like ten minutes, it just kept <laughs> dropping down. Right. And by the end, I was like, "This is well, just so not." What good. were you expecting? I mean, did you think it was going to be Gone with the Wind? Uh no, I I don't know. Yeah, it, you know what? It felt like. I guess maybe the production value, mm-hmm. you know, it and did feel very so- cheap, very plasticky. Yeah. Like it just didn't like, it didn't feel like an actual movie, but then that was like, you know, 2002 was that, that time where it was just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, mm-hmm. it was just different. And, and it didn't feel like the other movies, which I guess for the most part, it wasn't, you know, it didn't, you know, and it was still well, 10 years removed from, from Jason. X. I feel like it, I mean, it could have, it could have fit in with like the kind of part six through eight world of Jason, you, of like campy Jason, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. What, what did I expect? And, and, and <laughs> same, same thing that w- with 2009, I went into the theater, I watched it and I, I thought it, man, what an opening. Like I love the opening and I love the very ending of this, of 2009. Oh yeah. What do you like about the ending? I just felt like it was kind of like true to form, you know, like the, just that very last part mm-hmm. where he comes from uh, underneath the deck oh, and pulls right, her. Right, right. Yeah. you know, it was it was just it, 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 if it wasn't going to be the like the little canoe boat thingy, then, you sure, know, let sure. it be like that. Right. And, uh, I, I, I like those endings. I like those endings because it reminds me of being a, a kid knowing that, OK, I'm coming back for the next one, you know. As mm-hmm. stupid as it might have been, as illogical as it might have been, it didn't matter because it's like, oh shit, we're coming back next year or whatever. Nice, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now let's get into specifics, Sam. Do you have any like specific scenes worked out? Do you have any kills? Do you have a way that you would vanquish Jason at the end? That that I would what with Jason? They, they, you got to kill Jason at the end in some form, even if he's not actually dead, right? Oh yeah. So I mean, it's always going to be a beheading. You know, okay. they did it in uh, they did it in part two, and it just it that was like man, the ending of two, like that was perfect. Yeah, so you got see be- that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of stuff you got to bring back, like that dilapidated cabin with his mom's head in it. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, vibe I sure. want. Yeah, I, I love I love that. Uh, so it, 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 there's something so final about decapitation, <laughs> and when, when when that happens, you know, Amy Steele puts on the sweater. It, it's perfect. So like, it would have to be something along those lines. So for Jason to end and for the movie to kind of um, you know be over, you you decapitate, but you know, for still for the very ending, there has to be like that 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 coming back from from. You know, either the the little boat thing. There has to be something at the very end where you know that it's not over. Mm-hmm. So I love that part too. Okay. Um, I have an idea for a kill. I thought about this a while ago. I don't know if I thought about it for Friday the Thirteenth, but uh, actually, yeah, I think I did. Um, all right. So this is how we find out that Jason's real. The kids have snuck in. They got a little campfire going. They're scaring each other. 
It's getting dark out. They're drinking. Uh, one kid goes to pee. He walks into the woods. When he comes back, he stumbles and falls into the fire pit, and he's bleeding, and he's dying. And that's how we know something is out there. Love it. And that's when panic ensues. Yes. I love that. Another one I was thinking about, we have someone, and this could almost be like a creepypasta or something. We have a character sitting on the little beach of the lake, and they're noticing how long their shadow is. They kind of think like, wow, I cast a long shadow. And then they stand up, and the shadow is still there, and they realize it's Jason's shadow that they're sitting in. I love it. <laughs> I love, yeah, I mean, these are all great for sure. I mean, you definitely went in into detail on these, you know, for sure. I love that. Uh, I love things like that where you, you know what I don't appreciate though. I I prefer things like that. I don't like the newer type of horror where it's like you get these audio swells, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's almost like this thing where right. it's like I I need like it's I need each kill to be something creative. You know what I mean? I want there to be a little urban legend with each one. It's not just fun to just, I don't know, like, like in the original Halloween, you know, like each one kind of had its own little twist, its own tiny little micro story with it. Yeah, for sure. I've, especially in that one. And, and, you know, nothing will ever top those atmospherics, um, you know, to, to bring up Halloween briefly, what I really love is the detail. So like when Annie, you know, when she's doing laundry mm -hmm. and she goes to get in the car and she realizes she forgot her keys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then she goes, she goes, she goes and gets her key, but then the door handle is open when she comes back. Right. And she doesn't realize it till she sits in the car and she's like, that's weird. And then that's when it happens. Yeah. That like, type of stuff. It, it's like, that's, really you know like you said nothing is scary but at, at this age you could appreciate that because you're like right. oh shit i'll tell you this to to to, to uh sidetrack for a minute i recently watched a movie that was very unsettling and nothing is really unsettling at this age but the dark and the wicked never heard of um it. oh really the, so the dude that made the strangers made this movie it's up on shutter and a few other places but man you want to talk like this was like this guy gets actual horror and how to like deliver. It's awesome. Just, like I'll have to it's check it out. Dark, yeah, yeah, you gotta. What is it? The what in the wicked? The dark and the wicked. The dark and the wicked. Yeah. Cool. When did that come yeah, out? It's, uh, last year. All right. Awesome. I'll have to check yeah, that yeah. out. For sure. Um. All right. We have one more confession here. This is actually from Pat Stork, who uh, was on the last "How They Should Have Made It." Sam. He was on the Halloween one. Uh, we were going to have him back today, but we figured three, three horror geeks was enough. So we really should have had him come. Um, but, uh, he says in his version, it's a reboot camp is set in Jersey. A kid died. Make it action park. If not in name, teens keep breaking into the old grounds as part of urban atrophy, like Enchanted Forest or similar abandoned attractions. That's a, that's a Baltimore thing that, that people go into. Very spooky. Um, main crew of protagonists breaks into party, but also documents like a crowdsourcing relaunch. After a few murders, they discover Jason wasn't the kid killed, but a classmate who was injured. Urban legends get details wrong. 
Not only was he the killer now, but he's been the one rigging rides, targeting kids who bullied him. Now, that is a great horror movie plot. I would definitely watch that movie. I don't know if it would need to be a Friday the 13th, though. That's that's really where we're at. You know, it's it's um, sometimes you watch these sequels and uh, like I said, it's it just the creativity is there. It's just like sometimes you don't need to title it uh, Friday the 13th just because, you you know, the fans will just rip it apart. But mm-hmm. I, I, I love that, too. All these movies. I'll tell you one thing. Being a horror fan, um, I am a sucker. You know, uh, so growing up, like just I read like a synopsis, and I'm like, oh, absolutely, five teens, five teens go into the woods, and absolutely. a killer's there. <laughs> I could read that over and over again, and every time I'm right. like, this looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's like uh, what I like about a good slasher movie is it's kind of like threat, like fear of impending doom followed by doom. Like yeah. it's kids being like, no, nah, this, this can't be real. You know, like let's, let's go check out this haunted house or whatever. And then it turns out they're really in the urban legend. It's actually happening. And, and, and w- the one thing that I realize is, is, um, as I get older and, and, you know, watch more movies, I appreciate dialogue a lot. Sure. Absolutely. Is is like a Tarantino obsessor. Um, so I wish there was like a thing, you know, you know, maybe for, for my version, I just need some realistic dialogue. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I need some realistic dialogue. Right. I need some realistic personalities. Right. Um, because that just adds to like the, the, it, that genuine feel. It's like, okay, this feels like a real movie. Right. Um, you know, like, te- like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the first one, yeah. like that, the beginning was like the, the that dialogue was pretty normal. These kids mm-hmm. were just hanging out. It's probably because it was all like ad lib, but who knows? Yeah, no, I thought they did a great job. Like it doesn't have to be brilliant or anything per se. It just has to be, it just has to feel like you're actually hanging out with some actual people, you know, and they're talking about things yeah. that are, and like, I feel like a lot of movies, if, if they take the time to craft all that stuff, the atmosphere and the characters and everything, you can make it slow and it's still interesting, you know, like, there's you can make a set piece that all you do is explore it for a while and look at it and it's interesting enough because you took the time to put some artistry into it yeah and and that's that's what it is you know if you're going to have a slow build mm-hmm. you know those things really help you know and and yeah. uh i don't know you know i i don't really i would love to hear like i'd like to get the makers of this movie uh, you know, in particular, 2009 in a room and just ask him some questions like this. Like, I don't know, maybe it's like a business thing. Maybe it's like, OK, listen, we have enough time to make this well, movie. And it made al- almost a hundred million dollars. I know, I know. it's shocking that they didn't make a sequel right? to that. Um, well, from what I understand, the writers were the same writers who did Freddy versus Jason. And they were actually okay. they had to make a lot of concessions with their script. Um, I don't know if they were happy with with the outcome, but I know it was very much altered from what they wanted. And they actually wanted it to be set in the 80s, like you said. Okay, that's I I didn't know that you just recently. uh, I don't really like that. um, What is that? uh, American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe like a year or two ago. You're familiar with the show, right? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. So they did. They did about that sassy alien, right? 
No, 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 no. I'm American Horror Story is like this. Oh, <laughs> always so chasing they the cat. Did a they did a they did a 1984 um, uh, a season where it was just like set 1984. It was a, a a camp slasher. It was basically just like appealing to people like me or you. And I watched like the first couple of episodes, and it was like it, it must have been made by people who were like 20. Because it, I felt like they were like, okay, this is the formula. We're going to go with it. And I've never been so insulted by a show because I <laughs> usually don't care. I just don't right. watch it. But three or four episodes in, I was just like, fuck you. This they have like tape decks on iPods or yeah. on iPads. Oh. <laughs> they have like a... It was just like, it was unreal. But, uh, but once again, it is a fan of, of this genre slasher summer camp you know you're always going to give these things a try because you Absolutely. want it to be the next friday right. the 13th the and next sleep yeah. camp you know you mm -hmm. and to me it's just even if it isn't done right it's still kind of like just the storytelling is is whether it's done well or bad is interesting to me to you know to like kind of dissect that yeah i just you know it's it's something that will always i will always be a fan of that, you know, and, and uh, I'm unapologetically uh, a horror geek for sure. Now, Jimmy, yep. you've been listening in patiently with bated yes. breath. <laughs> yes. Do you have any opinions or ideas on this on this whole this whole gigantic beast that we're tackling here? You know, to be honest, I was expected to draft up a contract for somebody for my business, <laughs> and I've been doing that for the past ten minutes. Okay. okay. I apologize. That's all right. I'm sorry about did, that. Did this not hold your attention as much as the uh, I've the been Halloween? listening. I've been listening like I listened uh the I was heavily tuned into Pat Stork's uh interpretation of the guy. Mm. Um but the thing is, I'm just I really you're not going to believe this. I've never seen a single We're talking about Friday the 13th. Yes. I've never seen a single one of those movies. Wow. And that's why it's like I'm listening to what you guys are saying. But I, I, all I know is, is that the mom was the killer in the first one because people say that. Right. And that's like a fun party fact. Like, well, actually. <laughs> really? Well, actually. <laughs> for normies it is? I guess. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I know I for know. people like Sam and I, it certainly is. And trust me, yeah, it's got, that line has gotten me laid more times <laughs> than you could ever. No, not really. <laughs> And, and remember in Scream too, right? How they use that in Scream, yep. like yep. who was the killer in the first Friday? I was able to when we did the Halloween one. I was able to participate because I had actually seen all the movies. Yeah. I've seen every Halloween. Really? Yeah, wow. I like Halloween. I mean, I, I, I but feel you've it. never explored Friday the Thirteenth. Well, the problem is, is that all the Halloween movies I've seen have always been on that AMC Fear Fest mm -hmm. show, uh, like marathon they do every Halloween, mm -hmm. October. And all they show is Halloween, particularly Halloween 4. Really? I don't know why it is, but they always show Halloween 4. That's probably the most TV-friendly as far as... Yeah. Like it's, it's it 4 and 5. Or, uh, they always, on, on AMC Fright Fest, it's always 1, 4, and 5, like, for, like, uh, 10 hours in a row. Yeah, yeah. I remember with, with the Friday the 13th growing up on TV, I feel like they always skipped 4 through 6. It will be 1, 2, 3, 7, 8. Mm -hmm. So how many are there total? The Friday the thirteenth? Twelve. The next one will be the thirteenth if okay. they ever make it. So now I gotta well, they gotta make a thirteenth one, right? They've it's been in limbo forever. There's been like some legal issues. There was almost one, uh, I don't know if Sam knows about this one, the one that almost came out in like twenty seventeen that sounded kind of awesome. 
uh, where no. it was it was going to be a reboot kind of set in the 80s. It sounded like it wasn't really in any continuity, but uh, it was going to be like Jason's dad was the killer in the first act. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, okay. And it turns out it turns out like it's he tries to kill Jason in the womb because he realizes he's evil and he's already uh, like sending he's already like speaking to him the same way he speaks to his mom in the first one. And that's why he's deformed is because he like beats his wife. Okay. And then I think she kills him or something. And then the second act is Jason's mom. And then, and there was like some new kind of twist with the, uh, the backstory where like she thought he had drowned because the the kids were like on acid and accidentally like knocked him into the water and then then filmed him drowning. Is that something you do on acid? Uh, I feel like you would think well, you not were, ideally. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, not ideally, but it's something you would see for sure. Talk about a bad trip, dude. I mean, I could not imagine watching someone drown on acid. Right, and they filmed it, and then and then they threw out the VHS or something and said it was just he just wandered off. And then when his mom finds the VHS, that's when she comes to kill them. But she doesn't realize, of course, that he is still alive, and he comes back in the third act. See, this is the I, issue, dude, and this is the same issue I have with the Marvel Marvel movies, which, uh, as Sam addressed earlier, I need to hate. I need sure. to hate them. Um, they made so many of them at this point that to go back and try to watch that entire anthology would take, I mean, a lifetime for me. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe there's 12 Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, That's yeah. more than the Halloween. How many Halloween movies are there? Probably nine, ten? Uh, maybe see, eight, close eight nine. I think eleven. I eleven. Think the new one is eleven. So there's more Fridays than than Halloween. Yeah, they in the eighties they literally made one every year except for two years. Yeah, that's wild. And then there was like one in the nineties and three in the OOS. Yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate you including me in this, Mike. But unfortunately, I have watched <laughs> zero out of twelve of these movies. Right. So <laughs> not zero, zero out of twelve. Yeah. When well, if if you watch any of them, uh, I would say just watch part six because it's awesome. Part six, I would check six that is out. Generally, that's the one that people who don't necessarily like the series actually like. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, fun, yeah. It's a fun '80s movie overall. You know, like the characters yes. are like mm-hmm. are like silly but but cool and fun and likable. Yeah. And John Travolta's nephew is in it. Oh yeah, he looks just like him. Hey, yeah, pretty that? much. Come on, man. <laughs> that was my. That was the worst Travolta impression attempt. <laughs> well, Travolta does a pretty bad oh Travolta impression. Oh my god! Impression. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, J- okay. Jimmy, Jimmy. So, so I, I guess Jimmy's like more, more of like what a comedy guy. Like, what, what do you like to watch? I'm glad. Oh, I thought you were calling me like a comedian. I was like, thank you. Yeah, I was um, about to be like, what the fuck? He's the comedy guy here. <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm clearly the so, comic. So you're clearly the opposite of Mike, who <laughs> is clearly the straight man. Mike, have you been joking this whole time? <laughs> I thought you were dead serious. Um, I uh, Comedies, I you know, I'm not a huge... I mean, this this is like a guy being like, I don't like music. Like, you mean you don't like country music? You don't? No, I just, I don't like music. Like, it sounds weird. I like, I mean, I, I do love music. I play music professionally. But... Movies, I watch them, but I'm not, I wouldn't like, I'll watch, I don't know. I like comedies. I like, but I feel like the comedy genre has died in the past 10 years. I think it's done. 
uh, because all comedy culture is kind of transitioned over to like online memes and things like that where mm. things are funny for like a week and it's just if you're trying to make something that's funny and lasting it's almost like i don't know i think stuff is too fleeting now sure in my opinion yeah. like with how quickly things come and go to have a joke that's like i don't know i haven't seen a good comedy in a while i think the last good comedies were probably the time period with uh like super bad um Hangover, I always thought was overrated, uh, but it wasn't bad. Um, Twenty One Jump Street was a good one, but like those, like James Franco, Seth Rogen's, I think they were the last hurrah for comedies for hmm. a while. I mean, I was watching Harold and Kumar the other week on Netflix, and I mean that just classic stuff. Yep. And and when's the last time? I mean, back in two thousand ten, people were wearing the the baby on their shirt like carlos the hangover baby right right. you know with the sunglasses and mm -hmm. like it was such a cultural thing these comedies and i haven't seen a comedy yeah. movie have a cultural impact like that yeah i actually hadn't really time. thought about that until you just pointed it out like i can't think of the last like big comedy movie yeah i, I mean it's just i i think it is a a genre that just is almost obsolete at this point i think that's why everything you're watching these days mm -hmm. tends to focus i think I've observed that entertainment has gradually transitioned towards the real life type of things. Like if you watch like shows in the 60s, there were sitcoms that were all very like, you know, they were exaggerations beyond like they were so clean, like, you know, like Beaver yeah. and his wife or whatever the family was <laughs> beaver and his wife <laughs> you know they slept in separate beds in the room and it's yeah. like they they made it like very like tv friendly <laughs> and everything was like this like weird thing and then then sitcoms got gradually more close to home like started tackling like realer issues mm. and things like that and then in the 2000s you had reality TV, the onset of reality TV, which mm. really kind yeah. of like, yep, yep, you know, which which then entertainment, which reality TV wasn't necessarily real. It was obviously scripted or at least guided along. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it brought people. And now you have, uh, I feel like now it's, you know, entertainment is much more like with YouTube channels, like vlogging and things like that. It became all closer to just like real stuff. And now when right. you turn on, doc, turn on TV, Netflix, all it is is like, documentaries about yeah, murderers yeah, and yeah. shit like that mm -hmm. and it's like all the movies the original series are like you know tiger king or something like that like yeah you know all the all the all the big series that are coming out like is there a com i guess you could maybe say shameless i i uh schitt's creek for sure is one of them that you um, know what that's a good point and, and a lot of people and like here's that. He, here here's one so I started watching The Boys. The Boys is the great. Do you know that show on Amazon? I've heard like, of it. All right. No. Well, anyway, so, so there, there, there's a girl on there. Uh, her name is Aya Cash. I thought she was really good in it. So then I explored her IMDb. She was on a show called You're the Worst that was on FXX. I think I remember and that. So it played for five years and it was up on Hulu. I, I don't binge shows. I just watch one. Like, I, I just don't. I binged the fuck out of this. It's 62 episodes, hilarious, amazingly written. Like one of the, like there to me, there's like uh cheers married with children. And now this, this is, Oh, and it's always sunny. It's kind of like a, a progression from it's always sunny. Always You're sunny the worst. is my is favorite about? sitcom. Probably. Okay. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, check out, check out. Um, You're the worst on Hulu. It's unbelievably Funny, but also tackles a lot of interesting things as well. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I've been on I've been on a binge of uh, Always Sunny this past couple weeks. That was gonna say that that was like, you know. But yeah, you do bring up a good point with Shit's Creek. Um, the thing that happens, but here's here's what you notice though. Here's what you notice. Um, the process of releasing it. Uh, okay, so and I I've talked to you about this with music, with how and I I don't want to get this too far off topic, but this is the only we're pretty that. damn far off topic. Well, yeah, I think we're, we're, covered we covered already, all the Friday the Thirteenth stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want to. No, it's fine. It's fine. If it's, if no, it's fine did. with you, I was gonna say we've talked about it in the past with music and how the release of music has kind of gone away from just releasing an album sure. and people are starting to do singles because you know with how fast things move how fast paced mm. the industry is you put an out, out a 12 song album and then it takes you 2 years minimum to make another 12 song album mm-hmm. yeah i yep, mean yep. you've fallen off the face if you know if nobody's heard any new stuff from you in 2 years you've fallen off the face of the earth as far as they're concerned really you no longer exist mm. so what they're doing is instead of taking a 12 song album and releasing it and then waiting two years and then touring off that and then releasing another one, they're releasing those 12 singles over yeah. the course of two years yeah. so that you're hitting them with a new song every two months. Which I think is kind yeah. of a, a good way. It's the way to do like, it, yeah. It, and it makes, it forces That's, bands to put more into each song instead exactly. of like having a bunch of filler. Because every song has That's, to be... That, go on. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so we so we released the full length in 2018, and I was like, I noticed, I was like, you know what? I'm like, the streams fall off after six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and I was like, I don't want to do this again. I'm like, we don't tour, so it's like we're we've just been releasing four and five songs every few months. That's it. So we I have 15 songs lined up. Like we're we're putting out five real soon, and then from there, like we'll wait five months and do another five. So. Yeah, and if that's, I mean, I, I I forgot that at the beginning of the podcast you mentioned that you're in a band. I I play in a band as well, and we're kind of taking a similar tact. We're doing it a little bit more instead of even releasing five songs at once. We're just we're trying to shoot for releasing a song every three months, ideally. Yeah, that's great. Which, like you What's said, the name I mean, of the band? Sophomore. Okay, sophomore. Sophomore. You, You've yeah. never heard of us. <laughs> We've barely okay, heard fine. of us. I- <laughs> do you guys make videos too because we've been making video like um you know we're, we made four videos so far and it's music videos it's fun yeah yeah it, it, um it helps, no like, vhs's know, we always- <laughs> what we're what we're what we actually have been doing is um we've been making lyric videos for our music like cool concepts yeah yeah um because i mean a lot goes into a music video and we're kind of you know we're focusing mainly on promoting on Spotify playlists and submitting to, you know, blogs and things like that. And then if a song does manage to catch on to a point where people are starting to like it, that's probably that point where we'd make a music, a real official music video for that song. But um, as far as the, you know, the video itself, we've been trying to just coming up with like cool concepts for lyric videos, like handwritten lyrics and like the background images shifting and like different settings and things like that just trying to make it a little bit more interesting i always said to my bandmates i say there's a there's a very fine line between a a really interesting lyric video and a really shitty music video and they were like they were saying like and for me it crosses over into music video once you see the band themselves in it like they were saying like maybe we should put clips of us doing this i was like but that's going to make it a music video with words, hmm. which means it has to be way better. The standards for an interesting lyric video are so much lower. You know, it's like you just have to make it not look like a karaoke thing, you know, and then it looks cool. But 
Is there anything I'm yeah. saying making sense right now? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, 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 I love, I love lyric videos. I love all of that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of MTV. So now YouTube is is amazing. So I love watching the videos that are attached to to stuff. And and actually, I have a friend who's a comedian, and he made two of our videos. So shout out to Neil Rubenstein. Um, and it's it's a very DIY thing. Like he just mm. we film shit. And sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't. And we just put it up and, and he does a very good job. You know, it's uh, everything is so in-house these days that it's you could do whatever you want, man. You know, like we're yeah. podcasting. You know? Yeah, right, right. it's yeah. about it really is about in anything, whether it's podcasting or music or anything. Well, the tact that I've taken on uh, that I found to be the most conducive to success, which I have none of. <laughs> uh, I'm imagining that, you know, maybe I, I think of it as calculated minimalism, meaning that the harder, okay, the harder you try at something, the harder you can fail at it, right? Yeah. So it's about staying. It stings worse yes. when you try. It's about it staying in your lane. Oh, it's about knowing yeah, for what, sure. what can we do well and what can we not do well. When I was younger and I would try to make music videos for my own songs, we would have these big concepts and have these very ambitious things. And what happens is three 21-year-old kids with a camera trying to do all the stuff that we were trying to do, we're obviously not going to execute it perfectly and it's going to wind up looking stupid. But if you come up with a concept that three 21-year-old kids with a camera can do and you tackle that a very easy to tackle idea that's interesting and cool but not too difficult and you tackle that then all of a sudden yeah the concept because you you shot lower you shot lower shoot well, low I, it's, stay it's, in your lane it's about making the best out of what you have yes like mm -hmm. robert rodriguez with his films he says see what you have acts because he made like really micro budget movies for a long time that looked way more expensive than they were mm -hmm. and he was like see what you have access to mm -hmm. already and right around that yeah 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 exactly and when i yeah I, I don't mean like don't try that's not what i mean by shoot lower i'm saying like exactly what mike's saying work with what you have if you don't have a million dollar set production company budget and, you know, Martin Scorsese directing your, your music video or whatever, then, you know, maybe don't try to make a Martin Scorsese film music video. Maybe <laughs> try to make something you can actually do and do that well. So you what know. you're saying is you hate movies. I, I, if that hasn't been absorbed at this point, <laughs> there's nothing else I can say. I have done my damnedest to steer this conversation away from movies. <laughs> I've taken this. I was going to bring up the election next. Whatever we got to do. <laughs> no, I do like movies. I just unfortunately have not seen Friday the Thirteenth. So, yes, yes, yes. I'm just playing, man. I I can't wait. I'll check out your band, man. I love checking out new music. So yeah, sweet. Uh, I'm gonna follow you on Instagram right now, dude. We'll cool. do a band for band. I do. Swap. I do want to do a video for the Lost too. Oh yeah, that'd be sweet. Like just a simple thing. Yeah, exactly. Just simple, like, baby. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a video trilogy. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. There's going to be. <laughs> I, I want to hire. Uh, it'll be like the November Rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then thing. we'll have like a yeah, prequel yeah, yeah. to yeah. this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole just, storyline. Just, just have somebody, somebody CGI playing guitar on the lawn on a mountain. Right. <laughs> All right. Anything else we uh, want to discuss before we wrap up, Sam? No, thanks for inviting me to kind of just hang out and fucking babble. Absolutely. So, Anytime. Um, thanks for getting in touch with me. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying the podcast so far. I'm going to continue to listen to some more episodes and 
that's it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and you know, I know that I'm just some jerk off on the internet. So not hey, like dude. me. Nah, that's us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Red River Podcast, check that out. And uh, the band is called what is it called? Raising the Dead. Playing, uh, dead. playing, playing dead. dead, playing dead, possum rock, dead. baby, oh, possum yeah. rock, possum rock is back. You got to call an album possum rock. Uh, yeah, yeah, that might be the next, the next record for sure. <laughs> we're we're getting ready to drop a new record. It's being mixed now, so cool. I might change the name. All right. Well, uh, anybody listening, check that out, and uh, also check out the Confessional. Come to our Facebook page, hang out. I ask questions. We talk. It's wonderful. Uh, other than that, we will see everyone next time. <laughs> <laughs>